Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host and bestie. Good and afternoon, wh- Catherine. Good afternoon, Tracy. Here we are and, at the pod lab. Right. And you said welcome back. And we're kind of saying that to each other, too, because this is our third take. I yeah. Think, yeah. For this episode. Yeah, the episode today, friends, it's episode number 117, and it's a very uh, for, fair warning and um, just full disclosure as well. This is not a uh, content that one would want to have small children listening to. We're going to be discussing some se- sensitive topics, and even potentially adults might find um, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So if it's kind of like a trigger warning, you know, if yeah. you've been through um, an abusive situation and you'd rather not even go there, we're going to be talking about Jared, the subway guy, and um, he, he, you know, the sins that he committed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is in jail, and we're going to be going over that. We watched the um, documentary that is called Jared from Subway Catching a Monster. So that's the topic yeah (laughs) i don't know how else to say you know Mm -hmm. and hopefully you saw the title when you decided to click on it too because it does say well it will say uh jared the subway center yeah and most people know the story about jared and what happened with him but it does have to do with um pedophilia Mm-hmm. And if that's a triggering situation for you, we want to protect you because I cannot imagine how difficult it is for victims of right. this type of a crime and sin. Very difficult. Very sorry that it even exists. Yeah. What we're going to cover today, friends, is because I, I know I sound I don't sound very fun or funny and it's not meant to be for this yeah. one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're joining us for the first time, welcome aboard mm-hmm. to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast as I said in the intro, I'm com- a comedian, and my best friend Catherine and I do this podcast, and we take a topic that we think you'll care about, and we do our best to present the information in an entertaining way. However, with today's topic, that's not really possible, so we're just going to present the information because we think it's important. We think it's important for awareness and for... Um, just acknowledgement that this kind of stuff is out there. Yeah, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Yes. And uh, how we can better um, prepare for that in prayer. Yeah, yeah. And we have a call to action at the end, so stay tuned for that because we are not without hope, friends. Yeah. We are not. This uh, podcast has sponsors, and uh, tell tell our listeners about our sponsors. Our sponsors help us to move this this ministry, this podcast forward by um, supporting us five dollars a week or a month. A month, yep. And um, we want to get new microphones. We want to. We've got a, a a lot to learn yet, and some of those things cost money. So the the support carries this this mission forward. Yeah, yeah. And if you. Um, if you'd like to become a sponsor, uh, we call them humor contributors because they contribute to our mission. You can uh, go to the show notes or to patreon.com where we have a Patreon page set up. And I'm going to tell you the names of our current sponsors since there's um, there's 11 of them. So mm-hmm. they're, they're not that many. So I can say it. Ursula, Nancy, Kenny, Karen, Janine, uh, Ron, mm-hmm. Muffin. <laughs> He even put Muffin in the name yeah, when he cute. signed up. Darlene, Courtney, 
Joan, Carla, and Gail. And we thank you for your support. And we are saving up those dollars, the $5 that we get per month, to replace these microphones that we currently have with uh, better microphones. And we're also going to replace these little arms that come out that the microphone hangs on. It's like a literally like a boom. (laughs) It is. It is. And we'd like to get a sign that goes on the wall that says Life Happens Life. Anyway, as we're recording, we are recording on video. We're, we're trying this, friends. We're doing our best to get video out to our patrons. Yeah. So we are recording it on video, but we'd like to spruce up. There's still shadows. In the- <laughs> well, we're, we're working on it. Yeah, it's a work in progress. It is. So thank you to our patrons. And if you'd like to become one, see the show notes or go to patreon.com and look for Life Happens Life anyway. All right. right. Well, let's get into it. We've got a couple takeaways. One, we're going to talk about who is Jared Mm -hmm. Vogel, the subway guy. Who is it? Who is he, this guy? And then what's his story? What happened? And uh, the third takeaway is, you know, we're going to call it what it is. Yeah. And it really is pure evil. Yeah. And how do we respond to that? So who's Jared Vogel, Catherine? Well, he is a um, was and is a just a guy from the Midwest, regular young guy that uh, yeah from grew Indiana up from Indiana, mm-hmm. right? And he basically was just overweight his whole life, and then one day he decided that he was gonna lose that weight, and he was just college age, and he did lose the weight by going walking to a subway across from his college campus. And um, he just had Subway sandwiches from then on. And he made this known. It was picked up in the school paper. And then uh, it made it to Men's Health magazine. And then Subway got a hold of that. And then he became the, the most famous uh, spokesperson ever. Even more than that Empire guy. I was thinking about that. Oh, really? He, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway... And he, uh, but then he had a downfall, a big downfall. But, um, but again, he was the spokesperson for Subway, and he was not just here in the states; it was around the world. Yeah, well, Subway is a pretty big organization. Yeah, and they they just sucked him into mm-hmm. their system, and they were like, "This is our guy." He's he's sort of um, an everyday kind of looking guy very normal very average in terms of he's unassuming you know he's not intimidating to look at he's just like looks like a normal guy and he was very believable because you know you can have superstars as your spokesperson but who better to hear from than somebody who is relatable this was like the boy next door he was very likable he was uh again like like tracy said unassuming and um, believable is the key. Not only that, but he achieved a remarkable achievement. Mm-hmm. Now, his weight problem that mm-hmm. he had from youth, from when he was young, uh, there there were more layers to it. There had to be. I mean, he, I, I don't remember if, if the documentary said that he suffered with depression, but I would imagine that he was addicted to he, they said that he was addicted to video gaming. He was like that was his comfort. That was his zone where he felt whatever he felt. You know, uh, yeah, like, accepted and and so forth because yeah. he was bullied at school, but I'm not certain if it was um you know, what what came first, the bullying and then the addiction to the video games and the weight gain and all of that or was he 
picked on because of the weight. I don't know. Either way, I I was thinking about this because he obviously exhibited an addiction to food Mm -hmm. because he was consuming, um, the report said that he was consuming like 10,000 calories a day. Yeah. And he was drinking multiple sugary sodas every day. Like 15 to 17. So he was addicted to sugar. He had mm-hmm. a food addiction. He had impulse control issues. He mm-hmm. could not control his impulses. Exactly. So he had an addictive um, tendency or behavior or whatever with when it came to food. And I believe that also transferred over into his video gaming. So yeah. he had those two areas of his life were out of control. Right. He was completely addicted mm-hmm. and it was out of control. Well, what happened? Well, tell, tell our friends about the car situation that kind of was his wake up call. He was so overweight that he was sleeping a lot. He was falling asleep uh, in class and he couldn't really do too many things because he didn't have energy. One day he was driving to school and he crashed the car because he had either fallen completely asleep or nodded off, whichever, and he crashed. And that was the turning point for him where he decided he was going to lose weight. And also, I had heard on another report that his, so his father was a doctor and his mother was a um, teacher. And his father did, you know, get after him for his habits, um, the eating and yeah, so forth I and his imagine. weight. Yeah, so, uh, so finally, Jared decides to go ahead and do that. And he accomplishes it. He and did. people notice. People didn't even recognize him. And, um, you know, in this documentary, there was a gal that had that had said it would have been when they were in school, this is before college, that it would have been social suicide if one were to sit with him. Yeah. And so this is how um, ostracized he was. And this just kind of paints a picture of what he overcame. You know, and when in the documentary and the name of the documentary... Jared from Subway Catching a Monster. In that documentary, when I saw his schoolmate interviewed, I felt deep compassion for this young man. Yeah. I felt sadness because Mm -hmm. I hate to see anybody teased or ridiculed or put down Mm -hmm. for any reason. I I mean, it's just sad to me. Yeah. Um, So that's not to say that I have any compassion for him right now no because of what he did and his behavior he deserves everything that he's gotten and more yeah he does right yeah just because one we feel bad for someone's past or what happened to them it doesn't equate um feeling that they should be off the hook and not held accountable right for what they've done so so here's jared fogel he's this young man brought up in the midwest in indiana he's in a nice home a nice comfortable environment yeah, real nice stable home. parents he's mm-hmm. got siblings he he goes to school but he's got these two addictions mm-hmm. you know the food and the video games yeah and then he then he loses the weight mm-hmm. and he lo- he's in college now mm-hmm. and he loses the weight and all of a sudden he gets this crazy amount of attention that's right crazy amount of attention and even scarier a crazy amount of money hello because he does one commercial with subway and it took off it did very well and then subway said we're gonna sign you on for 1.1 million per year i think it was crazy and uh which comes out to ninety-one thousand per month <laughs> oh, that he this man of 22 years old was now getting 
So you take somebody like that addictive personality, first right. of all. Now, you know, we're no psychologists, but anyone can see that he went from one addiction to another when you know the story. Right. Okay. So anybody, I mean, there are people who, he was well-educated too, I was about to say, who come into a lot of money and they can't handle it. Now imagine somebody with an addictive personality and all this access. So speaking of access, they want him to be a spokesperson for Subway. And also now he ha- forms this, uh, the Jared Foundation. And that is to educate and encourage the youth to be healthy and um, have good health habits and, mm-hmm. and eat right and all of, all of those good things. So he goes around the nation and eventually the world to, to do this, which gives him access to young people. And the Jared Foundation really was just a front. I don't know if in the beginning they paid out with it, but it basically allowed him to not have to pay taxes he and this other guy named Russell Taylor, they forged this so-called friendship and became business partners. Jared put him as the director or the, the guy in charge of this foundation. And they just bled the money. There was 75000 I believe, that they spent per year. And 60% of that was this Russell's uh, salary. And um, I think a quarter of it was never accounted for. They have no idea. But so all that to say, the money did not go for the children. Right. It didn't go to them. Also, they didn't even pay the mere simple $5 a month to the state of Indiana for... Like registering as a nonprofit? Yes. Right. Exactly. So they didn't even do that. And this was just like a veil for the, the dark, seedy things they were doing because this this Russell guy was just as bad if not worse in what he was doing he was sexually perverted and I don't know what what the other term is for it like he was just demented sexually like he as was Jared yeah we just neither one of us really want to say what it was you can look it up yourself okay but here's the thing too and i don't remember if they if they mentioned this in the documentary because it's been now a few days since i've watched it but if he's addicted as a young man and he's in his room a lot and he's on the computer a lot and he he has no impulse control Mm -hmm. what do you suppose his uh private uh viewing habits on the computer may have involved right and so if he was consuming pornography mm-hmm. and he had no impulse control mm-hmm. and he just kept going deeper and further and exploring and engaging, mm-hmm. I, I have a sense that that really could lead to a lot of dangerous activity. Absolutely. And it did. It certainly did. Now, I don't. Do you remember them saying anything about them finding? I don't think they said that he had like a history of porn addiction. Well. Jared. He absolutely was looking at it because that's how they, they they first, so the feds come down on uh, this Russell first, uh, Russell Taylor, and they find the link uh, from Russell Taylor's connection to Jared and that Jared was guilty because of what Russell sent him. Now, all this time, there was this radio host slash journalist that was trying to entrap him 
entra- entrap uh, Jared. And because the very first time she met him, they were supposed to do an interview um, over the, the radio for, you know, what Jared was doing. And this was early on. And right before the cameras went on, because now, now it's a camera thing. It's not the radio anymore. And they're about to turn the cameras on for this thing with the middle school students. And Jared leans over to her and says in her ear, I think that middle school girls are hot. And she was immediately, the red flags went off, and she was immediately turned off by that. And so she makes it her mission to get what she can out of him through conversations and bring it to the feds, which she did. The feds never used it in the end. She had, I think I could say, this damning evidence against him. And they never did use that. In fact, it took them five years to actually make a move. And as I said, it actually comes down on this Russell first. Okay, so back up for a second, mm -hmm. because what you're saying is that in in answer to my question about the pornography, Mm -hmm. you're saying, well, yeah, there was evidence that he was involved in it. Mm -hmm. He was deep in it Mm -hmm. because that's why he's sitting in jail Mm -hmm. because of his relationship with Russell. Russell was creating it and also distributing it. Right. uh, And he was doing both of those things for Jared. Jared kept him on the payroll. Jared bought him a house. Jared actually forced this man to call him daddy. Oh, really? Uh-huh. That's how sick this man is. Ooh, I didn't know that. Is. Yeah. Oh. So the, the depth of the sickness in this relationship mm-hmm. was really pretty bad. Um, it's such a shame, though, that they couldn't go back into Jared's computers and look at, like, what causes this? You know, because when it comes to a pedophile Mm -hmm. I do wonder what where's the where's the crossover like what happens I just saw something about that yesterday what the world well I I think that even and I think anybody would agree with this anytime you have any kind of thought or desire if you feed it by looking at it so true more and more and you're thinking about it so true every single time you got to go to the next level to the next level it's probably never satisfying i mean oh i'm I'm looking up a verse (laughs) (laughs) oh yes 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 go ahead you do that i'm gonna look it up but um but yes back to the link between this russell um taylor and him it absolutely was it was it was porn it was it was very sick because it was not only human beings. Let's put it that way. That's how. That- Wait, hold on. Uh-oh. So I was telling Ron about this case, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he was actually watching it, but he was zoning in and out. Yeah. And this um, Russell and his wife, they were into horses. Oh, I thought we weren't going to say. Well, but okay. Okay. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> So Ron, Ron says, I, he goes, and the horse said, nay. Oh, nay. No, the horse said no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Mr. sorry. Mr. Jared. Oh, I, I mean, I just can't even imagine, you know. Oh, no. Okay. Don't even try. Okay. So wait, let me get to the word. Here we are. It's Galatians chapters 5 and 6. I know that these two chapters are really good when they talk about um, just really a transformed life. Mm -hmm. So in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about life by the Spirit, okay? 
and it goes into it in uh, verse 16. So this is Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Yes, right. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. There you have it. And it was obvious through this story that none of these characters in the story were walking by the Spirit. Right. They were... Well, not by the Holy Spirit. No. They were um, uh, deep into... Uh, Dark Evil. Yeah. Pure evil. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Pure evil. Okay. Bad. All right, so now we've got Rochelle is introduced to the story, and she's the reporter. She's a radio host as well as a TV host, and now she's done this interview with Jared, and he has whispered this disgusting thing in her ear. Right. And now what does she do with that? She goes to the to the to the authorities. Yeah. The and FBI. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Hey, over here, you've got yourself a pervert, <laughs> a bona fide pervert. I'm telling you." And they say, "Yeah, no, that's not enough evidence." So. Here's here's what when we recorded this before what what we don't understand is how much evidence right. do you need Hello. to get a warrant? Yes. We understand you don't have enough physical evidence. We'll go get it. Right. Here she presented him saying, "I like this and I like that." And it was damning. It was bad. And he even later, he even says, "Oh yeah, I like to go to Taiwan." Is it Taiwan? Yeah, it was Indonesia? Taiwan. No, it was Taiwan. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Where it's more accepted. That's what he said. <laughs> right. He said, Tracy's oh, face. he goes, it's he, it's more acceptable over there. Yeah, in Indonesia, they go there. Anyway, he's saying this and she's got him on tape. on tape saying that. He also says to her, hey, how about your kids? Let's see your little ones. Oh. And still, they don't use it. Now, at some point, they do say, okay, we're going to mic you. But they still don't go in and do anything. Okay? That's a real problem that I have with this whole story. Mm-hmm. Because she kept this going. She kept this connection with Jared mm-hmm. and this friendship going for over four, five years. four years, five years. That's a lot of time. That is a lot of you time for the feds. You can't figure it out within that period of time. And not only that, then what are you there for? Right. I mean, how I, much do you? I need? gotta say, Rochelle, good on you yeah. that you did it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could have done it. No, because she, um, her, it would put a strain on her. She was a single mom. It put a strain on her relationship with her kids, especially her daughter. And she went through a lot to get this man. She was sickened by him. Exactly. Her psyche and her mental yes. health was at risk. Yes. And I cannot believe that the FBI would let this go on that long. Yes. Especially when we're talking right. about kids here. Do you know that YouTube puts all this stuff out that they allow, but they will not allow anything that's um, about kids? For I don't know to the depth, but here we are with this, and the feds don't even do anything when they hear these alarming things about what's happening to children. Even YouTube's got some morals. I don't get it. So whatever happened there, I hope that they've all straightened it out by now. Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe there's some little bit of the story that they didn't share on the documentary. Possibly, but... Maybe there was some legal loophole or something like if we were FBI agents, we'd be going, yeah, duh, duh, Tracy and Catherine, no kidding, we can't do it. Well, okay, that, that may be, but the FBI won't even um, 
take a stance on it. Like they're silent about it. Yeah, there's a so, problem. Right. And they don't even use her evidence in the end. What they did use, well, they uh, they got this tip. How did they get the tip on this Russell, Russell Taylor? It was... I don't remember. Well, okay. Well, in between all of this, there's another woman who has a relationship. So Jared also, he steps out on his two marriages. No impulse control. All right. And he also, at some point, has an ex-girlfriend. Now, this ex-girlfriend, well, he has several. But there's one that is a f- Subway franchise owner. She goes to Subway and she yeah. says, hey, I've got suspicions and I'm I'm pretty sure that this is what yeah. this Jared is doing. Uh, and they turn their heads. And I think their excuse was, well, it's separate from us. He That's a franchise. Yeah. And so they just uh, somehow they just came up some goopity guy that separated right. them from they, that. They basically did one of those. You yeah, know? they washed their hands of it. It's not on me. Right. And there were then there was this other ex girlfriend who was also um, placating uh, placating him. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to get that wrong. <laughs> Playing with yeah, him. Please stop. Gosh. Ugh. Anyway, and she. Uh, she gets evidence and she brings it to some authorities of some sort. And uh, she ends up in jail. And I can't remember the twist on to how absurd, like how that came to be. I don't even know. But it was really, so I was re- going to say something else. But. I remember when this first hit the news. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing about this man who was in charge of the Jared Foundation had been arrested for inappropriate sexual activity or mm-hmm. behavior or whatever and i thought oh poor jared <laughs> you know i bet a lot of people thought that yeah. because he was so likable and innocent looking yeah you know and he came out with his big giant pants that mm-hmm. he used to wear you know well the thing is he is, was on oprah right for so long so many people rooted for him so many people were team jared yeah because he defied all uh you know possibility well not all possibilities but he did this great thing he was like we said earlier very likable believable and it was really hard to imagine him doing the things that he was being accused of yeah it's hard to imagine but it wasn't long before you know they got a hold of the computer and they could see what Mm -hmm. they could see in there and then it was revealed that it was Jared who was really deep in this stuff, too. So, Well, he was the one that spearheaded it, even though this Russell Taylor did what he did, which was awful because um, he was doing, you know, spying on the stepdaughters as well. But it was Jared that had all the power and lorded over him in regards to his salary, his house, and all. Horrible. No excuses, though, because you... All of it was horrible. Like that, right? No, all of it was horrible. Yeah, what this man and his wife, what what the wife did to her own daughters. Oh, I know. I I think she's worse than the two of them together. Yeah, she is. How could you do that to your own? And she claimed to be a Christian, and she was like, her daughters were interviewed on this documentary, Mm -hmm. and they said that she just flipped, like she flipped out. Yeah, she went from going to church, being involved in church. And leading this life to now she meets uh, Russell Taylor. And not only is she drinking, but she's giving her preteen 
daughter's alcohol. alcohol. Yeah, and partying. And partying. And then uh, it just goes to show just because you go to church and you are involved in church, it does not mean that you're rooted in your faith. No, or common sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, for those girls, they were cheated out of mm. the innocence yeah. of their childhood, but they have grown to become, um, you know, strong young ladies mm-hmm. who are taking back their own power, if you want to call it that, or or they're not afraid to confront the truth. Yeah. And they are putting the truth out there. And one of them now is a mom. Mm-hmm. And so we wish them well. We wish them the best of everything because they can never go back and reclaim that yeah. time right. or undo what's been done. Right. And this Jared, how many years did he get? He only got, uh, now I've heard 12 and I've heard 15. I've heard both, but it's still not enough for the amount, for the, as many victims as known he had victims known victims right he had many more oh I'm yeah sure. well they're not, the ones in taiwan and in indonesia and all that that's not even accounted for yeah i watched a video of a man who had been in prison for jewelry theft and he oh. was in prison for jeweler jewelry theft for the same amount of time that jared has been um you know, indicted for. Mm -hmm. And this man said that his own mom said to him, you deserved this time because you committed a crime. Mm -hmm. But why is it that child molesters get less time than... Why is it? I don't understand. Well, in Jared's case, I'll bet it's got to do with money for a good lawyer. Yeah, probably. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Well, it's a shame. It's a shame because it really... Although, I mean, I don't know if his behavior could have been curbed. You know, I think that it is just a blessing that the stuff happened where Russell was caught because apparently the FBI was not stepping in. If Mm -hmm. they had not stepped in in five years Mm -hmm. of working with Mm -hmm. Rochelle and getting all of this, I thought it was evidence, is to hear him talk. You can listen to these tapes on this documentary Mm -hmm. and you hear him talk. Mm -hmm. He has done this many times. He, he's got his own little system of how he does the grooming and all of that. And he he makes it sound like it's totally acceptable. Absolutely. And again, even if they didn't have enough physical evidence, they absolutely had enough suspicion and they had enough evidence to get a warrant to check to it out. To look at his computer. Absolutely. Because there's no way I mean, that not his that computer I'm an expert, didn't. but I well, do know. I watch enough crime to well, know Well, it seems like there should be more protections in place, especially for the most vulnerable in our society. And I can't Hello. think of anything more vulnerable than being a child. That's right. Who is uh, yeah. in the care of these idiot parents who yes. are saying, oh, yeah, sure, put cameras in my kid's room. Yeah. Oh. No. Okay. Now, Sorry. get this. Now, once it's all said and done, almost done, and Jared is sentenced... He admits to his wrongdoing, and he claims he's sorry. Well, that was then. That's at the sentencing. When well, he's he did face a plea. He, he did a well, plea. Yes, he did. But he, nonetheless, this is what he said, that he, okay. he was sorry. He was, he was guilty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then after that, I don't know how long after that, uh, he appeals because, get this, he said the judge was, the judge was a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was prejudiced against pedophiles. Oh, what? Yeah. Duh. Aren't we all prejudiced against pedophiles? Shouldn't we all be? And because she had two daughters, 
or two children anyway, the same age as some of his who, victims. Yeah, the ones he targeted that that made her, you know, prejudice biased. And was that him. appeal tossed out? Well, I don't know because I didn't. Been. Yeah, please say oh, it was right. Yeah. Oh, and he's. Oh, and then he says too. Uh, that because the judge had two daughters the same age as what he admitted to fantasizing about, that's not a crime, he says. Fantasizing? About, mm-hmm. It's not a crime? Well, acting on it is, and acting, he did. That's exactly right. What, see, okay, that's exactly the fact, right. the, okay, here's the thing. The fact that he even brought that to the table, or maybe it was just his lawyer or whatever, that just shows you there's no rehabilitation no, here. Right. He wrote a letter just a few years ago mm-hmm. to a reporter, mm-hmm. and he basically said, yeah, I really screwed up. Yeah. What? I screwed up. <laughs> I screwed up. I really That's screwed like up. saying, oh, I lost my girlfriend because I, I just, I did a bad thing. Yeah. But No. This is more than just screwing up. Right. This, this is, is something that he should be really sick, concerned about. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. I hope that somebody that's close in his life is saying, look, Jared, you need help. Mm-hmm. And the prison system isn't going to... This, this, this guy who was in jail for this uh, jewelry theft, mm-hmm. he said that Jared is in a prison where there aren't like... Um, the type of criminals that would take care of pe- pedophiles. Oh. He's at a different type of prison, I which is I where they, they normally put them because they're not they're not considered violent, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they know they'll just be killed if they go to a penitentiary. Yeah. Right. And he said, guys like that don't last 10 minutes in the penitentiary. Yeah, I've heard that many times. And, you know, I mean, and this guy, this guy who was talking, I'm not saying that, you know, he's an authority on on this case but he's been to prison he's a human being and he's got common sense you know Mm -hmm. in terms and he was also talking about just the vulnerability of children and how it's it's just (laughs) we live in such a weird world where the thief is actually you know like the the good guy (laughs) compared to it's crazy yeah you know in the letter that jared wrote to this reporter he said yeah i spend my weekends watching football and it really makes the weekends fly by yeah he (laughs) goes i i i yeah uh, no i don't really cook there was a rumor going around that that he cooks in the jail no we really don't get to do that especially since covid i this and i that and then he does go into a little bit of I wouldn't even call it remorse. It's definitely not it's still repentance. About him. It's still he, a, right. He's, he's saying I screwed up to end up here. <sighs> okay, here. How about this, Jared? You were given on a silver platter mm-hmm. a a dream come true for most people. Mm-hmm. There, most people, you know, couldn't make that kind of money in a lifetime. Yeah, and you made it. He was their spokesperson for many years, like 15 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. You had a wife. You had children. Two wives. Mm -hmm. Not at the same time, though, right? No, no, not at the same time. I was like, gosh, we can't add another layer to this story. (laughs) He had it all. Yeah. But at the root of it, there was the evil. Mm-hmm. And there was right. the addiction, and right. there was the no control. He had no self control. Yeah, and then he started justifying his behavior by saying the children liked it, they liked it, they enjoy it. Gosh, you know that's just to me. I don't know that I heard that. Yeah, on the tape, uh, the Rochelle 
asked him and said, well, how do you get them to do it? You know, and he just said, you just keep on, um, what were the words that he used? Something about touching and feeling and you just do a little touchy feely and then you back off. It's total grooming. And he says, they like it. You give them, you give them a feeling that they like and you just keep on moving. He is absolutely depraved, depraved, depraved. depraved. He is depraved. Mm Mm-hmm. And is there hope for him? There is hope, but only in Christ. You got to get, you got to get yourself um, totally free from that. And honestly, I don't know that he can be totally um, rehabilitated. I don't know that he can be. So I mean, I know they put these guys like on a registry and stuff. Um, I don't know that that is enough or that that really protects children. But I mean, uh, I don't know either because since he was a child. He had right an addictive personality, so I don't know. But you know, on side note too is that he was he was born in like seventy nine or seventy eight, something like that. Yeah. So that is, I mean, you just didn't hear about people being addicted to video games back then. Now, in the nineties and early two thousands, definitely. But before, it was just like. Pong. Like Frogger. Yeah, he was you know, doink, 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 <laughs> and asteroids. Well, but maybe maybe because his dad was a doctor, and I'm, I'm assuming that because his dad was a doctor, mom was a teacher, that they had more money than the average, you know, um, family. I don't know. Maybe I don't he know had. Because lots of people have video games. But I mean, growing up, I was born in 65, so I remember Pac-Man and mm-hmm. Mrs. Pac-Man mm-hmm. and asteroids and galaxy whatever Nintendo it was called later came yeah. yeah so maybe it wasn't as sophisticated as it is now but if one hasn't has a propensity toward this addictiveness yeah let's call it mm-hmm. they just find their groove and that's it they just keep yeah. digging digging mm-hmm. digging yeah. to me it would be so boring well right <laughs> i would be like i'm bored <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember just playing it for so long. And then, you know, I couldn't stand it anymore. I wanted to go out and play. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't know. But but now, let's talk about what a spiritual warfare it is. Which we we touched on that. But it's absolutely um, a spiritual warfare going on around us ever since the fall of man. It is. And it's the Lord's battle. We have to do our part. And that is by, you know, being obedient. Hold on a second. And what's Hold up? On. Keep talking. Okay. Tracy, all Sorry, of a sudden, is <laughs> grabbing something. I don't know what. I, I but have to just double check something. definitely it's a spiritual warfare. And do you have PT? Is that no, what it is? sure. Okay. What is today? Today is Monday, the 27th. Ooh, I'm supposed to meet Olivia at 2 o'clock. Uh-oh. Okay, it is two o'clock. We can wrap it up. Okay, let's wrap it up. All right, Um, we'll we'll do our our scripture. It's from Ephesians 6.12. Sorry, if Olivia's listening, I'm going to call you in a second and I'll be right there. Okay, Okay. Ephesians 6.12. And I don't have it up, but I know that you It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, that's exactly what I was just saying. All right, friends. Okay. Well, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Call to action. 
is okay. pray against it. Pray April Prayer. 1st. Yes, April 1st. Tune in to Tracy's Prayer Team on Facebook. I, I did this during the pandemic at 6.30 every evening. We had just a short, brief devotional, and we prayed. Yeah. And we're going to start again April 1st, and just join me. Okay. So we'll see you then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.